Welcome to the Safe Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name's Kevin. And my name's Daniel. And this is episode 107. All right. We got some breaking news for you right now. Right here. Roommates. Oh, no shit. What happened? We're fucking snowed in. Oh, shit. Yeah, we're snowed in. And I don't think I got enough beer for the weekend. No, and I don't have enough food. And by our oh, 12, that's important to you. Yeah. You're gonna look pretty meaty to me, and I'm gonna probably have to hunker down on you. So. I am decently meaty. Mm-hmm. It's what makes it make me so comfortable to kind of like lounge on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Never I'm very tried it. okay. Well, it's yeah. not gonna happen. But your cat does it. Playing the does, cat. Yeah, she doesn't tell like anything. So I'm laying vertical, watching season two of Fago. Mm-hmm. She comes crawling up. And then everything's chill. I'm like, oh, you know what? I like this. Mm -hmm. She's warm and she's nuzzling. But then she comes out with the fucking claws in my chest, Mm -hmm. dude. And that's unfun. I don't like that. I don't like that. Front claws? Sharp. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sharp cat. That's a sharp cat. (laughs) It is a sharp cat. Yeah. I got to take her to the... um... Throw her in the snow. (laughs) Don't even even try to fix that cat. Yeah. She didn't enjoy that too much. She's cut me too many times. Throw her into the snow. Oh, yeah. She hated the snow. Oh my god, I've never seen that cat so afraid of forces. It's funny, because I actually, like, I opened the door, and I... Oh, speak of the fucking devil. I Hello. dropped her in the snow, and I was like, do as you will. And it wasn't even a thing where she had an inclination to run away. She ran right back into the apartment. Yep, yeah. that's true. Usually she runs away. Right she just showed up. She's our producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she wanted to make sure that we get, like, a nice, tight episode. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing now is ruining that goal. For sure. Is what she's saying. Daniel? Yes. If you didn't know, The Save Room is the only gaming podcast where you can find Mass Effect's missing butt angles, hmm. and we're willing to trade for Bitcoin, okay? I don't know how Bitcoin works. Me neither, but I want it. Okay. I want it. <laughs> can we dub it Buttcoin? I think you could wear, like, it's a USB thing that you wear around your neck, and that you just accrue power from it, right? Like, it just gets more, like, g- glowy. Oh, okay. glowy. You know what I'm saying? It seems like to be all the rage these days. People are making money off of that in Dogecoin, which... Dogecoin? How is Dogecoin any different? Is it just another cryptocurrency? It's very different. Yeah. But yes. Tell me how. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we didn't write that <laughs> I, news. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, but what I do know is uh-huh. you can find us in SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show or Spotify itunes google play stitcher and rss feeds across the world mm. Mm. good stuff thank you yeah how you doing today um, i think we can spare like two minutes to see how the other's doing okay uh i'm fine i guess okay i think i'm feeling the work from home burnout oh. that's what i'm feeling right yeah i think i'm right there with you yeah i have the work sure. from home woes it's making me real testy yeah and i know when i'm being testy too but it feels like Standing on hot sand all the time, Daniel. Let me That's ask what it you, feels like. How yeah. many times this week did somebody ask you if you were feeling spicy? Like five times. Yeah. yeah. Spicy? Yeah. <laughs> About five times. And I'm like, I guess I'm being spicy. I don't know. Some days I do feel forceful. And if you get some caffeine in me, mm-hmm. it's not good for anybody. No. We all lose. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when you're caffeinated, it's like game over, man. We all lose. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I think I'm feeling that similar, like I said, WFHW, work from home, whoa. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to subdue it with just media, you know, taking in video games, reading a book, watching WandaVision. I wish there was more of it to watch, but there isn't, and it's driving me crazy. Last three episodes be an hour long, man. You're going to get so much WandaVision, your eyes are going to go Wanda. I'm going to say... They're going to be wandering. Thank you, Kevin Feige, for giving us that blessing. That's the first time this year white man's got anything right, mm-hmm. um, and I really oh, appreciate it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of getting things uh wrong uh has the government failed you mass 
aggressively uh, lately at all? Yeah, yeah, actually. It's like a continuous Today. streak. Like, how, how are you set up to fail people? How, wh- why? Why is it so easy to also continue to be bad? Yeah, we apparently decided to acquit um, Mr. Donald Trump, you know, for, I don't know, just starting a fucking insurrection. <laughs> when there was a breadcrumb trail leading straight to him saying, this man incited it. He said, "Fight like hell." He's he's rebel rousing. There, there, there was these. They had quotes like from him. He was four, super happy that it was happening. Four or five years worth of videos of him too, like inciting yeah. violence that like gave plausible cost. Like, yeah, this could be the sort of man that would do this. Yeah, it's like yeah. okay, yeah, you're making a good thing. And then today, uh, Mitch McConnell, um, who mm. looks older than Father Time, uh, got up there and was just like made this whole case going like, "Yep, he did all these horrible things. He's an awful, awful person. He definitely incited." at all this shit mm. but i'm going to vote to acquit because this is a witch hunt like wait wait what <laughs> what did you No, witch hunt is aneurysm? something we did in 1600 salem massachusetts yeah. this is like just holding the man yeah. accountable for you know years of so that's got me mad so between the work from home burnout mm-hmm. and like uh our government mm-hmm. um stepping on every imaginable rake uh yeah it's just yeah snow is cool today it, the snow you know it's it's, only plus. it's really nice out i'm, I'm not gonna lie yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been probably a year since we've gotten this level of snow in this part of washington yeah. i i saw snow about a month ago what did it say to you oh leavenworth it said look into the lights <laughs> and you'll be found <laughs> we uh, all float down here Daniel. and actually uh, there was a snow pile like off in the distance yep. that it had my shape and body form it was calling to me it was, really it was your hole yeah was that your hole and yeah. only your hole <laughs> huh. okay yeah. but you've been doing some good offsetting of uh the work from home woes over at twitch.tv slash the red herb where you've been streaming and just keeping alive and, and mm. bringing in people for a game that's five years old and they're just loving it every Going time you streaming it um yeah it so. makes a lot of sense i decided to forego all of my themed nights mm. in favor of just playing Metal Gear Solid Five: The mm-hmm. Phantom Pain, a Kojima production, mm-hmm. uh, because it's fucking fantastic mm-hmm. and it's giving me what I want, and it's and it's strange and it's funny, and I'm tranking. Oh, it's definitely strange. Everybody, yeah, people like they love it. They they come in and go like, hey, let's talk Kojima and all this shit. But now that I have a public forum here that everyone listens to, mm-hmm. I can also say as much as I love that game. Everything they do with the character Quiet is so uncomfortable and shitty. Mm-hmm. Like, so uncomfortable and shitty. And it's like, Kojima's just fu- Like, somebody needed to, like, stand up and be like, I think we can dial back on this. The scene where they, in the post-game, do, what, titty torture on her for just no other reason, just because? Yep. Yeah, the, with the shock prods yeah. and whatnot for some reason there's a lot of torture scenes in that game too where it's like hey we'll invite you to mother base and then uh this is uh kaz miller over here he's gonna slap you around for a half hour and he's gonna <laughs> ask you a bunch of questions very forcefully uh yeah it's 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 not my favorite thing mm-hmm. right i think kojima gets tone and theme better than he does like legit storytelling mm-hmm. but the quiet shit's so shitty because she's naked the whole time and he's like oh you're gonna feel real bad for criticizing how she dresses when you find out why and it's because she she breathed through her skin yes. <laughs> it's so dumb it's so so dumb it's, it's been just, almost six years and the reason's never gotten more resounding or no meaningful it's just stupid yeah but otherwise i really enjoy that game and i'm trying to build a nuke so that i can disarm it but the resource grind in that game is nuts it's nuts mmos have nothing on the Phantom Pain TPP. Well, it's one of those things where it makes you do actual in-game hours to get resources for things. and Yeah, that's a choice. 
We're going to call that a choice. Yeah. That's a goddamn choice. And I'm, I'm glad he did away with that in Death Stranding, because could you imagine if we had to do something similar for resources other than walking? Yeah. You know. It's pretty painful, but I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. Okay? You're going to platinum that game. I want to. I want to show the world. I platinum Death Stranding, mm. and that was really important. Okay? And our governor called me, mm-hmm. and he said, thank you for uniting America, Kevin. Mm-hmm. That has not aged well but <laughs> otherwise great shit great shit right Good stuff well, anyway what are you playing what have, what have you been doing you've been playing assassin's creed right a lot of assassin's creed odyssey, odyssey. yeah off stream oh. not on twitch.tv slash dungeons and daniels i'm stretching into the hour 50 mark i am in chapter seven so i'm nearing the like end stretch of the story but there's still probably like 60 more hours worth of content to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot because i so got half a map to to uh, unlock yeah. their guy yep got a lot of sailing to do a lot of islands yeah. to excavate and murder across and got to find a lot of grecian myths hey. um, are you having fun still having fun with it yeah i don't you know if i'm gonna it. like bury deep into like the extra stuff like the fate of atlantis and i think the what's it called the first something the first? probably the first assassin or the, something yeah there's like a, a trilogy of of uh, dlc yeah. it's called like the first blade or something like that. i'm not worried about it but no i'm enjoying it i just got back to it actually because i plowed through control ultimate edition platinum that game for a second time damn had a great time with that double platy thank you ps5 yeah you you just give us way more well because i was wondering if it was going to be one of those things where i uploaded my save and then like the platinum popped like it did for a lot of people for spider-man ps4 but no it's like no ultimate editions its own thing for the ps5 and uh i'm glad because it was i mean it's an easy platinum to get but it it was making me see through the game again and Mm -hmm. i i I enjoyed that that journey i didn't do the sync thing for spider-man um because mm-hmm. i don't i want to get that trophy again yeah. i want to get that platinum again you're an honest man right it's not gonna, it's not gonna merge them right like i still have two independent trophy lists right spider-man ps5 and versus four i think so because if they merge them i'm gonna get real mad <laughs> i'm gonna get fucked up about that okay well i'm pretty sure they're a separate trophy list situation because yeah. my uncle played the game and when i was comparing trophies he has the platinum on david the gamer that I don't, yes. David the Gamer. David the Gamer. I'm proud of him, actually. Professional I'm gonna, Gamer. I'm going to give David. him a call real quick, because he's, he's plowed through more games in the last two months than I think I have in, in the last six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just beating games left and right. Platinum in games. Platinum both Spider-Mans. I'm just like, who are you? Goodness gracious. Yeah. Capital G Gamer Can't right there. Can't stop him. Right? God damn. We should put him on an esports team or something. We should. I don't know. What do you think would be his uh, his flavor, huh? Like, uh, like 2K? <laughs> <laughs> maybe rocket league oh rocket yeah, league yeah, that's be, good he'd be pretty good at rocket league my little brother really good th- he platinum rocket league we should sync them up yo dude are they both east coast they are oh uh, dude we can call them like the east coast like rockets or something east coast rockets okay e- okay. okay how about how about the save room rockets oh because we have to get Cause, involved yeah because we're like managing the gotcha team. how about the save roombas the save roombas oh okay. yeah do well, we need more people? Do we have to recruit more for people? For an esports team? Yeah. I think so. Oh. How many players is uh, Rocket League? Um, it's like an arena. 4v4? 4v4. So we got to get two more people. 6v6? Some combination of even numbers. Yeah, mm. for sure. I can guarantee that. That's fair. Are we going to escalate to all Destruction Derby Drive? Whatever that fucking game uh, is called? PlayStation's Destruction Derby All-Stars Max. Destruction. Yeah, yeah, that one? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> you seem like you're really interested in getting us to, to play i downloaded it you download a lot of things yes so <laughs> just they need to be with me close sure. to give me war- digital warmth 
in these snowy these, times. These cold, desolate times. Yeah, I only have the one blankie, so, you know, mm. I need games to, to warm me up, mm. right? You never just cover yourself in games, Daniel? <laughs> Sometimes I do. I, I tidy them up by the time you make it into the room. That's why they're all orderly right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Going for a certain look there, huh? So, certain look. Okay. I'm excited for the next bit of digital warmth that we have uh, downloaded, which is Tom Clancy's The Division 2. The Division 2. Which... Ah, breaking news, Daniel. Mm. Ubisoft Massive says there will be new Division 2 content in 2021. How are they going to manage that while they're making a Star Wars game? Uh, exactly <laughs> what is going on yeah um Wait, more content we There's don't even so much content yeah we don't even game. have the extra content that's like already there <laughs> yeah. what is it the warlords of new york yeah that's one of them okay do we have to get that eventually maybe okay i only got back in the game because the ps5 upgrade was there mm-hmm. and it looks good it oh, runs yeah. at 60 frames it's amazing uh but the thing about the division was it always looked good felt good and was just a top-notch shooter so they shouldn't have done anything yeah they could have just left it as it they was. could just left it as yeah. is and it just like fuck, why why why'd yeah. we do this <laughs> <laughs> i like i like these little um kind of kind of uplifts like it's not a huge remaster or anything like that mm. but it's like hey this is a recurrent game let's uh dress it up a little bit for ps5 people mm. you know what i'm saying i like that i like that it's fine when it doesn't like corrupt your save file or make you download the ps4 version a bunch of times or whatever hey, was happening fir- firmware came in sony fixed that <laughs> sony sony heard me because i was like hey ask playstation what the fuck and why the fuck and that was it yeah. and it seems like they understood what i was you talking were about. struggling with valhalla shit was stupid i let it happen eventually mm-hmm. it just it tried to do it so much i just let it happen mm-hmm. i was like get, get on the heart i was like i plugged in the external I was like get in there like the ghost trap from ghostbusters <laughs> i was like get the fuck in there valhalla <laughs> you're not the right one i want to play you're the old shit i want to play the ps5 shit and then that was a mistake because that game's fucking boring let's talk about gaming news yeah let's get into it something here a little more exciting oh uh the first thing i got on here for you buddy it's okay. a tough one sure. it's a tough one cd project red was hacked uh-huh like in a fun like hackathon way where they encourage like up and comer coders and hackers to like hack their mainframe for scholarships? Uh no. Oh. Their shit was stolen. Oh, oh. Their source code oh. shit was stolen. More malicious, got it. Yeah, very malicious. Okay. They got in there. So here's what happened. On Tuesday, February 9th, CD Project Red, the Polish developer known for the Witcher series, Cyberpunk 2077, and Crunch, revealed that a ransomware attack had resulted in hackers obtaining sensitive internal data. This gave the hackers access to source code for their games and internal legal and HR documents. The hackers left a ransomware note. No, it was just a, it was a normal note. I'm just being cute with the writing. Oh, that's clever, dude. Yeah, thanks, dude. That threatened the following, quote, can you do a voice modulator in post? So like I sound like you don't know who I am. It would, so I don't sound like Kevin. It or, would be easier to have planned for it. Do you want me to just do a voice then? Just do a voice. <laughs> If we do not come to an agreement, then your source code will be sold or leaked online, and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. <laughs> it's not even a threat. <laughs> your public image will go down the shitter even more, and people will see how shitty your company functions. Investors will lose trust in your company, and the stock will dive even lower. End quote. Um, I don't think they needed okay. to be hacked for that to happen. Damn, dude. This is like this is some real life drama here. This is like a, one of those CSI episodes where it's like hackers. Huh, 
I never thought I'd see the day, <laughs> right? So CDPR asserted they would not give in to the hackers' demands, even at the risk of having the data released. And they actually tweeted out, too, where they said to ex-employees, we don't think any personal data was out mm. there, but you might want to, you know, switch all of your shit just yeah. in case. Might want to get a VPN. Yeah. It's funny that the, the follow-up tweet was just former employees, which it's like, current employees, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're about to get doxxed. Yeah, you might want to move. <laughs> yeah. So the cyber... This is, this is fun, mm-hmm. by the way. The cybersecurity firm Kella spotted an auction on a hacking forum called Exploit, where the studio's data was being offered for cash money, doggy <laughs> dog. Apparently, users were required to put down a deposit in Bitcoin in order to even place a bid. To show that they were serious. Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin. Wow. Which just sounds like a side quest from their latest game, but like whatever. Like I guess that's unavoidable. Like the moment we brought hackers into this, Mm -hmm. it was done, right? So Kella tweeted out Thursday that the auction had been closed because a quote satisfying offer was made, end quote, outside of the forum, which is just rude. How how are you going to exploit exploit like that, right? The buyer was given the stipulation of not distributing or selling the data any further. While it's unknown how much the data sold for, the original auction price began at $1 million with a buy-it-now price of $7 million. So anywhere in that range, the stolen data literally sold for. If you just have like a measly one to seven million dollars lying around (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have so many my mind is spinning daniel my first question is why would you want this yeah like okay of all the things to hack and steal like what is anybody gonna do with source code what's the value there right because like they okay so what like it's already out you took red engine did you see how cyberpunk like turned out you want that source code (laughs) are you are you sure Like, you don't want to go for another company that has, like, a tighter engine or something like that. But, okay, anyway. So, obviously, I'm not looking forward here. Mm -hmm. I don't know what somebody would use with another company's source code besides, like, just, I don't know, making their own games off of it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Because, like, the saying, you can't, like, sell it again, right? Mm -hmm. That was the condition. Okay, so... How is it valuable to you beyond just like, well, now I know everything. Now I have all the company secrets and I can use it for journalism. Wait, wait, what? For journalism. I mean, we already know they're a shitty company. Yeah. Well, just that that entire thread of like, hey, we're going to give this information to our contacts in in gaming journalism as of like, what don't we already know that CD, uh, that um, Jason Schreier hasn't already gotten to the bottom of, so... Well, wait, here, here's the other thing, too. What are What's the ethical entanglement here mm-hmm. of reporting on stolen goods? Do you think somebody like Schreier would be like, oh, thanks for this, yeah. fucking <laughs> mysterious benefactor. Now I know everything. Like, no, I don't think you would want to do that. It's one of those things, too, where it's like, if you were the bidder who got the source code for Cyberpunk, it's like, well, that's kind of incriminating. Where mm-hmm. it's like, if you were to do anything with that, like, people would already know right away, like, oh, well, that guy's got our source code. Yeah. bought it illegally right, right. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> so but yeah i i'm not in favor like whatever you want to say about cd project red as of late mm-hmm. they've already taken enough uh you know knocks on the chin right mm-hmm. not not that i'm saying like stop keep on but um i don't think it's cool to just fucking hack into a company and to just like try to profit mm-hmm. off of that uh, only because of the personal data thing it's like if they're yeah. really trying to get close to like people's personal data that's a dangerous thing to get out there right like, yeah. that doesn't feel good. I hate these malicious attacks that go for the the many and not the few that might be responsible for shitty decisions mm-hmm. or bad products that end up in your hands. Yeah. Where it's like, let's attack the whole company. 
<laughs> yeah, and I mean, when you go after a corporation, yeah, you end up hurting people inside of it as well, right? That's just a ramification, whether or not you can yeah. make an argument about them being like, well, you're a part of the shitty system you signed up, so you deserve to get mm-hmm. splash damage on you. This is what cyberpunk fiction is all about, actually. Through and through. In the grand scheme of, like, all the things that have happened for this bad CDPR, like, I feel like this is probably the most cyberpunk futuristic shit that could have happened for them. Getting hacked. But it sucks. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like, it's whatever. And then, I don't know. It it is interesting, though. Like, I would say, like, it's all bad. It's bad. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, don't hack. Or don't hack this way, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, For profiteering, I guess. But at the same time, man. (laughs) It's It's kind of funny. It could be one of those situations, though, where, like... I just just because of the relation to the material. Yeah. Right? Cyberpunk 2077. I'm just like, oh, my God. You hacked the hacksaws. This is... this. Why? Pretty uber-late there. <laughs> I, I feel like it could be one of those situations, though, where it's like, oh, you were smart enough to hack and get through our, like, firewalls, and you have our source code? Why don't you come and work for us? Like they do for, like, hackers that hack the government sometimes? <laughs> uh, kind of, but, like, usually the guys that do that shit are just pointing out. They're like, oh, yeah, you yeah. got flaws. Yeah. Give me a job. These guys are like, uh, we're gonna ransom your fucking data. So I don't think you're like, yeah, you know what? I like, you got balls. You, you got, got moxie. The, you got moxie. Why don't you get on in here, huh? Come to Poland. Uh, let's negotiate <laughs> that salary, yeah? <laughs> like, no, no, I don't know yeah. about that. <laughs> but, uh, or, or whoever bought this source code just, like, mm-hmm. makes a better witcher i i don't know i don't know what do you think, hire like, them then well mm. the, i feel like that would have been the better ploy like yeah. hack them to get the source code for like the witcher yeah and hack maybe, attacks maybe data mine and see like what else they have there's a black mirror episode in here somewhere mm. i'm just not i can't, I can't i'm too close to it mm-hmm. to, to tie it together right it's here though it's definitely here it it wrote itself it, yeah this is the black mirror episode yeah it already played out didn't it <laughs> <laughs> and we're all npcs in cyberpunk's world right now oh that's unfortunate i'd be t-boning across this apartment if that's the case <laughs> oh shit <laughs> my eyes inside out or whatnot i mean last time i played the game it's more stable mm-hmm. so it seems like it's doing fine but whenever somebody enters a car they still like kind of a ghost image of themselves appears over the car t-boning and before that goes right back into mm-hmm. it again and it's like I can't reconcile that, even in like the guise of the game's world, right? It's just it's just immersion breaking when that happens. Yeah, but it is funny bit. and weird. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. What What do you think the the motivation for this was? Was it strictly just money, money? or was it just that, like that somebody was pissed by like, My, how they were like, um, ethically dealing with stuff lately? Yeah, maybe maybe it's a little bit of um, spite towards the company. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a little. Well, obviously it is about money because they put it up for auction, right? Mm-hmm. So probably both right somebody could do it and did do it or a group of somebody's did it just because they can these are uh do activision next these are tough times daniel <laughs> you know we we got uh people starting insurrections and getting off scot-free you got people uh bullying gigantic uh, billion dollar video game studios hmm. just just a tough time for the rich just a tough tough time sure is yeah all well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens to them next week because I feel like it's been this ever unfurling process of hey, what's going to happen to CD Projekt Red tomorrow? Are they ever going to get to just get back to like making the game and making content, or are they always going to be in the public spotlight for a bad thing? You know, 
Possibly. I feel like this is, <laughs> at least we're kind of on their side for this one. I feel like a, a few people might have been like, oh, they had it coming to them. But it's like, I feel I like don't for think the most anyone part, really has that kind of shit coming. There's yeah. kind of like a public empathy at this point where it's like, ah, oh, people yeah. are like, ah, oh, well, yeah, sure, they released a broken game and lied, but like, this does suck. I feel conflicted in the, in the point that like, I don't care that a corporation got hacked. Mm. I do care that it had the potential of leaving people vulnerable. Sure. Just like individual people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I'm at. That's the line that I'm walking. I'm not saying like, oh, don't do this. It's just like, no, it's not a good thing, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, cor- I care more about the individuals than I do the, uh, the corp. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I'm not a corpo. I'm a nomad, bro. I'm a cyber ninja. Is that a class? That's, that game? that's not one of the classes. Let's see. It's corpo. No. Uh-huh. What was the one you said? Fisher. There's a Fisher class. Yeah. I haven't played the game. I don't you just know. Fish. I know there's three classes. You fish for digital <laughs> digital uh, uh, salmon. Anyway, this derailed. Hey, number two <laughs> on here, friend. HBO's The Last of Us finds it's Joel and Ellie. Heck yeah. I I know. Holy shit. They're two Game of Thrones alums, by the way. They're mm-hmm. taking on the lead roles. Uh, and this is an adaptation, of course, of Naughty Dog's Feel Good Happy Time hit, The Last of Us. Now, Bella Ramsey will play Ellie, the teenage survivor with an immunity to Cordyceps disease. Disease? Virus? Whatever. Uh, she's best known as Liana Mormont on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. If you, if the you... lady of Bear Island. The Lady of Bear Island. Thank you so much. Pedro Pascal will play Joel, the grizzled smuggler charged with escorting Ellie to the Fireflies. Pedro previously played Oberyn Martell on Game of Thrones, but is best known for his appearance in Maxwell Lord memes. And something about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I I can't remember. This is something that is kind of casting made right. You know? I think so. I like this uh, casting. We're, we're going to have a, a tale of two bad casting decisions in this episode. And I like this. Um, <laughs> I actually, this, this isn't the two, by the way. Yeah. I, I feel like Pedro Pascal was, I, I had kind of my own bets for like who I kind of wanted to see for Joel. Okay. Whereas for Ellie, I really couldn't picture anybody. So yeah. when they came out and they're like, Oh yeah, Bella Ramsey is going to play Ellie. I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Then I, then I had to kind of stop myself and think like, wait, she's pretty young though. And I actually like Googled it and like, no, she, she's 17. I thought she was like 10 years old. Cause like she was so young in game of Thrones. But. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I had the same thought where I was like, well, it's been a couple of years since game of Thrones ended. Yeah. Maybe she's a bit like, maybe she's the right age, but mm-hmm. 17. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's... <laughs> that perfectly works. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen her lately. Mm-hmm. So, and, or and I haven't seen I her in anything lately. Pedro Pascal is like the perfect, he's the perfect face cast for it. Yeah. But just like, you got to get the rest of it down. Like that Texan accent. I think he could do it. <laughs> I think he could bring that. That's what's going to sell it for me. That Southern drawl yeah. to the, to the situation. Oh yeah. I think he could do it. And I think mm-hmm. he can um, definitely carry the pathos of a uh, sad dad. Mm-hmm. He already plays a sad dad on Mando, right? True. So I, I like it. I like you have mentioned that I don't necessarily need a series based on the last of us. That is a retelling of the main first game. No, yeah. I don't need that. But... I don't exactly need that, but at the same time, it seems like they're giving it enough care. You know, I think like the first positive thing about this is not, it's not just a movie. Yeah. It's a series and maybe like games do need series to fully mm-hmm. tell like the kind of stories or rides that we go on. So I'm like, okay. I'm yeah. Into that. And I think housing it within HBO, like they've done yep. some pretty good adaptive work. Like just look at like HBO's Watchmen. Like that's just fucking amazing yeah. how they nailed that and brought us a series that we didn't even really know we needed. So I, I hope it's in good hands here. Uh, but you got to know it's being written in such a way where like IGN can post an article every week going like, how does the show differ from the game? Because it's going to do like, mm-hmm. you know, throw us for a loop. 
uh, with certain characters. Maybe certain characters don't die. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tess is there for like a while. Maybe and shit like that. I could see. I could see the show doing that because it's trying to like be in the guise of yeah. something. Or do they like write out certain characters? Do they put uh... new characters in? Like you know. Because I, I got to wonder if it's going to try and kind of do the similar thing that Walking Dead does, where it's like, hey, we're going to have, like, these characters, but, like, let's recontextualize some of them. And I hope they don't, because, like, that really didn't work for me. I honestly think they will the do Walking that, Dead. but but maybe not that drastic. Yeah. Maybe not that drastic, but maybe just enough to a point where it's like, hey, here's new scenarios sure. or situations, and a character has to live mm. long enough to, like, you know, for us to write that out. But I, I think it, I think it will differ. But I think there's get the heart of it anyway. There's still like actually a lot of stuff you can fill in for screen time in between major moments too. Because like in the game, like the the major narrative benchmarks are the seasons, and it's like okay, you just show up in an area like when you go from like you know one point to the next. Whereas I feel like there is going to be a lot of these two characters traveling together. It's going to be a lot that's of a whole. That's it's going to be another thing, escort mission with with Pedro and a character. <laughs> And they're going to be going through all these like separate places. Or... Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, if we, if it worked once, it'll work again and again and again, man. Yeah. And we're going to stream it, and that's what we're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good. Listen, I hope it's good. They they've got the the main cast down, and now it's just okay. Well, who else is going to be cast? So that's we'll yeah. See. I want to see who they do for Tess I, and uh, David. I gotta wonder if like they had these two people in mind or. Or like, they went through a few different um, Yeah, I, I want to actually see, like, you know how af- after the fact they do a lot of, like, here's our kind of, like, uh, test reads, and here's people who could have been in this role, like, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it seems like they got Bella first, right? So I, I would like to see her, like, in different scenarios acting against different actors, you know? I'm sure they, t- they had to test these two together, yeah, too. Yeah, they had to have. Like, to just figure out how that's going to work, right? Because that's the whole thing is about their chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they got a discount for going back to the Game of Thrones uh, casting pool? Probably. <laughs> you know, they got 10% off ahead. 15, actually, together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same casting agency, maybe. Maybe. Mm. I hope mm. they keep pulling from that pool, because there were a lot of talented actors there. Yeah, you know that show killed them all. Get Nikolai in. Forget his last name. Nikolai Webster, who played uh, Jamie. Yeah, I always think he's a Skarsgård, and he's not. No, he's not. I think he's Actually, like a bonus Skarsgård. I had wanted him to be Joel, but yeah, if everyone you, did. If you cast him as like maybe Tommy, I'd be okay with that. He could be a Tommy. Yeah, he could definitely be a Tommy. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of the rest of the characters. Sam. Yeah, Sam, Henry, Tess, yeah. uh, Marlene. Marlene. Yeah. Oh, that's a critical one. Mm-hmm. Oh man, who can they get for Marlene? Hmm. I want I want the chick from WandaVision. The Rambo. Oh, I actually don't know her. The Rambo daughter. Yeah, she's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's my Marlene. And that's not because of a recency choice at all, just because that's literally the last thing I watched. Get Regina <laughs> yeah. King. Regina King? Yeah. From Watchmen? Yep. Yeah. Ooh. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. She'd she'd be yeah, she'd carry that with the right like kind of Gravity. zealous energy for like the fireflies and shit i think yeah I think and it'd be it's good. one of those things too where it's like she's not even in a lot of the game so like, no to have that be a kind of like a reveal towards the end of like oh yeah. fucking regina king was marlene that's crazy well that's the thing i think this show is an opportunity to build up those characters sure. too to give them like yeah. way more moments than the game like would have allowed them right mm. so i think that's a lot of it too where we're gonna jump around maybe between characters yeah I would actually like this to be maybe an opportunity to maybe tell more of that backstory between yeah. Joel and the Fireflies pretty early on, and then maybe tell the story of like Marlene and Ellie's mother, because mm-hmm. like I feel like the games are just never going to go there at this point. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> so it's going to be six years before the next Last of Us. Mm-hmm. So I'm calling it right now. Can I talk to you about some casting that I don't feel as good about? 
Oh, yeah, talk to me about the worst casting that I've ever fucking seen. Number three on here, Borderlands, the movie's casting gets even more tenacious. That's right, Jack Black is playing Claptrap. Jack Trap. Do you like that? No. Do you, do you like that casting? I hate it. Eli Roth does. I got a quote from him. He says, quote, I am so excited to reunite with Jack this time in the recording booth. This is director Eli Roth saying to Variety, by the way, Claptrap is the funniest character in the game and Jack is perfect to bring him to the big screen. Do you agree with this statement? I think Jack Black can do that, like, never ending spool of, of bits and gags for yeah. sure because that's been his whole career of like i'm doing it i'm here i'm here yeah. but <laughs> yeah you might as well mocap him too because he can move around yeah. all crazy spinning and dancing like a uh, claptrap yeah i just i mean if you wanted like an annoying actor for an annoying character <laughs> like i think you nailed it yeah you i know disrespect to jack black because i do like a lot of his movies sure. like I, you know i love school of rock I but we could already see Dave. what they're gonna do <laughs> yeah. and it's like yep yep he's gonna be as obnoxious as possible and mm. screaming and dancing and all the whole thing and it's like yep yeah. you got the right guy i guess <sighs> i mean you know now, now that i'm sitting with it a bit more yeah. it makes sense it, but, it makes sense yeah. i think you could have given it to dave eddings to begin with the original voice actor like he could have just done a great job with yeah, it would have been good um but i guess it's the whole like we need to have movie stars in our movie well, that's what this whole thing feels like it feels like they're selling it with a cast versus trying to just sell it on the name alone when it's yeah. like it's borderlands my guys like you can sell it with a no-name class or a no-name cast but like, like x-men first class no x-men first class had two stars at the helm James McAvoy of Wanted Fame. Yes. And Michael Fassbender. Uh what was he what was he like originally famous for? Frank. Fuck, no, it's not um, Frank. <laughs> Prometheus. Prometheus. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But like the the rest of the cast isn't as compelling for me either. I just I don't know. I feel mm. like they're just missing the mark with it. Maybe. Kate Blanchett is a great actress. Not who I envisioned for Lilith. No, not at all. Kevin Hart is a great, I guess. I don't know. He's, he's great funny. something. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's funny. He has some good stand-up specials. Probably not good for Roland. Nope. <laughs> um, Jamie Lee. Okay, I actually like this one. Jamie Lee Curtis as Tannis, I think works. I know every, I know she's way younger in the game, yeah. but I'm fine with this because I think she can pull off that exact like kind of precision with like how she enunciates and sure. kind of has the energy. I honestly think she can do it. You don't think she can do it? I'm she's, not doubting that yeah. she could do it. It's just like... Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis in a Borderlands movie yeah. does not fucking make sense to me at all. There's no amount of actors that make yeah. sense for any video game movie. Like, there's no one that I'm like, oh, yeah, that fucking, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. no, it's a fucking video game movie. I mean, see, gonna, a few minutes ago, we're talking about uh, Pedro Pascal. And I love that. I love Ramsey. that. That makes sense. That makes. <laughs> who would you cast as these characters then? If, if, like, what? You No, you said you wanted, like, no names. Yeah, I think, like, no-names or, like, kind of, like, up-and-coming celebrities. Or at least, like, people who, I don't know, aren't, like, A-list celebrities that, like, could be delivering an Oscar-worthy performance elsewhere. They're just going to be, like, in front of green screens this Like, this movie. feels like such a waste of their time and their talent. <laughs> I mean, maybe. It's an Eli Roth film. <laughs> this is, it's, all of it's so weird. So Eli Roth, this cast, yeah. and then Craig Masson, who wrote Chernobyl, yeah. Like, what? What? Yeah, yeah. He uh, did the latest draft of the screenplay. Me, dude. The, the Kevin Hart one, I don't I don't know about that one. Because I feel like he's, he's a comedian, and that's a more... Mm. Out of all the characters in this game, that's like a more serious, like, right. soldiery role. So, right? I'm going to just throw around some names. Yeah. And if, 
if you have any ideas for like a headcanon cast face, yeah, like that's fine. Kate Blanchett as Lilith. Okay, great. Like she's got prestige. She's amazing. I'm thinking Tessa Thompson as Lilith. Tessa Thompson. I think she could bring like kind of the ferocity. Tessa uh, Thompson from. I'm, I'm struggling to think. West. Of who. She's from Westworld. Uh, she was Valkyrie and Thor. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that could work for me. Yeah, it work. Um, yeah, I like that. Gotta give her, you know, red hair, but like whatever. <laughs> you could do yeah, that for sure. That that really works for me. Kevin Hart is rolling. No. 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 Kevin Hart made more sense as Claptrap. I want to be honest. I would put John David Washington as Roland. Perfect. There we go. There we go. I was going to say Idris Elba, but yours works too. We haven't casted Brick yet, or they haven't. Not that we're part of the casting of Borderlands. They haven't cast. They're probably going to cast like The Rock, or like. Do you think they can get The Rock? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're getting these people. If they could get these people for a Borderlands movie, what are the chances that any of them even know what Borderlands is? Um. I know Jack Black streams. Okay, you got me there. <laughs> so he plays games on stream and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, so who, who's... Oh, Mordecai. Mordecai. So kind of like short, mm-hmm. spunky. Skinny. This is out of left field. Okay. And I know he's not an actor. Okay. But... Chris Farley. Chris Farley is dead. <laughs> oh, wait, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, we can, we can do Mordecai. one of those. <laughs> we could do a hologram situation. Yeah, uh, Andy no. Cortez. Andy Cortez <laughs> of kind of, of funny. kind of funny fan. Yes. You want to play? Uh, have yeah. him play Mordecai. Mm-hmm. He he could do it. He could do a, vo- a voice. He's good at imitations. Yeah, because like I'm trying to think, Mordecai wasn't always like on the nose funny. He he had a kind of like a like bitter sense of humor a lot of times. Yeah, and he loved his bird. He was sardonic indeed, mm. and he was a sniper. He was a sniper. Yeah. So you want influencer andy cortez andy cortez could be his big break his first uh film i would assume as well yeah yeah that makes sense um who i don't know who i would put as mordecai maybe like john leguizamo honestly actually that feels like they actually would cast john (laughs) John leguizamo and we'd be looking at each other like oh really okay (laughs) and then all the headlines would be like oh his second video game film after super (laughs) mario brothers Now it needs to happen. And then there's kind of a few other like loose ones for me yep. where it's like, okay, Moxie. Yep. Who who would play a mad Moxie? Christina Hendricks. Okay, that's a boob cast for sure. What do you mean? What? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, I think she would be good at that. Uh, okay. Olivia Munn. I don't know why. I think she could pull that off. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> I wouldn't want to curse anybody uh, to be casted in a Borderlands movie, but it seems like people are signing up in droves. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. It's weird. Mm. I feel like this movie would have been like the hot lightning rod thing to have done like 10 years ago. What was the name of the, the siren from part two? Lilith? No, no, no. From part two. The one you play as. Oh, Maya. Sorry. Maya. Yeah. Anna Joy Taylor as Maya. Mm. I would definitely do that casting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I want Aubrey Plaza in this somewhere. Okay. Maybe Aubrey Plaza as tannis okay i thought you were about to say aubrey plaza is just aubrey plaza (laughs) (laughs) just in that world you do a quest with her gotcha no because i think she could capture that kind of like spacey weirdness of tannis what's his name from parks and rec which one the 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 angry one ron swanson yeah yeah yeah. what's the actor's name nick nick swanson nick offerman sorry oh nick off got real close yeah nick offerman as mr torg oh (laughs) yeah Get big with it. So you would need somebody with a mustache and to be shirtless for a lot of that. Uh, he would have to work out a little bit, yeah. But it's fine. The guy from the Old Spice commercials. I don't know Terry his Cruz? name. Terry Crews? Terry Crews. Yeah. Boom. As Mr. Torque? Yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. That'd be perfect. Either one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both work. I feel like he's been wanting to be in video game movies for such a long time. 
Yes, wasn't he a part of like the Crackdown? Yeah, he was. 3, he was in Crackdown three, or he was in it. Yeah. Okay, I don't. I don't know anyone that's played that. Well, it's on Games Pass, so mm. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's playing it somewhere. Yeah, well, well, good to know. Good to know. On when, this. when do you think this comes out? Uh, I don't know. I didn't really check, but yeah. maybe next year, I guess. Okay. Maybe this year. It's probably going to be one of those movies that's like, only in theaters. And it's like, fuck you, I'm not going to watch that in yeah. theaters right now. They are trying to do that with Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh. Yeah, and I'm just like, I know you were like the most successful movie of 2020. but like, Yeah, here's what's going to happen, right? If they don't do like day and date digital, like with a theater release, mm. I'm not going to the theater. Yeah. Yeah, same with Resident Evil. I'm super excited about the reboot movie. Mm. I'm not going to go to a theater to watch it. I Sorry, dudes. Yeah. I will pay you 20 fucking dollars to watch it on my PlayStation 5 mm-hmm. with the bad compression. Yeah. I will pay you $20 we'll for do that it. experience. We've, we've done yeah. it. We did it with Freaky. And we'll do it with other stuff, too. Yeah. Oh, Freaky was good. Freaky was good. Yeah. So like, but I'm not going to theaters to see these yeah. video game adaptations. Like, I, I get that you want to maintain the essence of like what is people going out to enjoy a yeah. movie and being in theaters and that whole collective experience, but like not for Borderlands. No, no, I'm not willing to risk myself <laughs> yeah. for Borderlands. Not for Borderlands. Uh, not for not for Borderlands. Not for Sonic Two. Not for Candyman. Not for any of it. Not for Candyman. Yeah. yeah not I'm for so, F9. I'm, sorry, I'm so sorry. And Marvel refuses to figure out when Black Widow's going to come out because oh, just sh- fucking shit it out. They already. do just not want to put it on Disney Plus. They're like, no way, Jose. This needs to. We need to make some buku buck on this, man. Yeah. I mean, they could drop it like they did. Mulan. Mulan. I think there's. Pray, pray I think there's it. a chance of this movie being way better. Wasn't Mulan like over? Like, it was like thirty bucks. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah, I would. I would do it, but fuck. I gotta wonder if they're gonna like step away from that model or keep doing it. Yeah, but we'll we'll see. I'm willing to pay twenty. I think. <laughs> what is that movie called? Soul. They didn't do the thirty dollar thing for Soul. No, that was just like free. Yeah, that was just out there. Yeah, or so. free, quote unquote free. You still pay for it with Disney Plus, but yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll see how this goes. I I'll watch this on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch on HBO Max. There are definitely things I'm way yeah. more excited for. The Last of Us, that Resident Evil adap- adaptation yep. with actually a smart cast of, of fresh faces and True. actors. So I like that a lot. But B-tier actors. This, but yeah. <laughs> I'll watch it as the tire fire in the desert that it will be. You know. I can't wait. I'm super excited. <laughs> Borderlands is hilarious. <laughs> it was. What do you mean? I don't know. For me, it's lost a lot of its gusto. What? As much as I enjoyed, like, 2, I love 2, and then 3 was kind of, like, mm, pale intim- imitation of that. Like, the humor did not hit for me. Oh, man, what about um, the, the meat bicycle? And I think it's because, like, you lost your... The donka, the badonka dong. You lost your good writer for it, you know? Badonka dong, Daniel. Yeah, whatever. I'm not fucking... <laughs> 20 like, whatever. <laughs> I don't have the most advanced, like, you know, celestial humor, but, like, Donk donk. Anyway. Meat bicycle. <laughs> Anywho, we have a topic for today, my friend. Topic of the show. Stop, stop, stop. Thy topic is should live service games get a second chance? Hmm. This was born from the news that EA apparently is still mulling over whether or not they want to do an Anthem Next hmm. situation. And uh, that comes from James. James Jason Schreier himself over at Bloomberg. I ran out of um, free views on that, by the way. So you need to shoot me so like four ninety nine to subscribe. Oh, I'll do it, man. For as often as you kind of yeah. you know parse information and, and articles from him for these episodes, we yeah. need to probably start. It's actually right. why I busted out my laptop because I still have attempts on my laptop <laughs> versus my phone. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> so I have yeah, the I, article. I open. wondered what this was. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, because I usually just read from my phone for the scripts. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So he reported uh, over at Bloomberg that basically there's 30 people that are kind of left over. Mm-hmm. And they've been working over the last year to figure out what needs to happen to well, make a substantial fix to Mm. the Anthem experience, which gamers found to be a lot subpar because, well, honestly, the game came out a bit unfinished. Mm. So apparently a part of their whole shit is that they believe they need three times the amount of people to overhaul this game in the right way. And EA is uh, apparently still like, they don't know that they want to do it, Mm -hmm. right? Because imagine that that is a probably a more of a high cost thing than they thought it would sure. need to be like to grow a team to almost a hundred heads in order to like overhaul it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of history in this, this idea of overhauling games that have had kind of shitty launches mm-hmm. essentially. But there's, I feel like there's a lot of different factors depending on what you're talking about. Sure. The one thing that goes against Anthem, despite the pedigree of having Bioware, mm-hmm. a big established developer in the gaming world, work on this game, is that Anthem is a new IP. Mm-hmm. And it came out the door and shit the bed, right? Yeah. Uh, it had a lot of bad press, got dragged for months and months and months mm-hmm. because of that. I think other IPs might, there's a lot more impetus to like, you know, get something like Final Fantasy XIV working again mm-hmm. versus just going like, ah, fuck it, we fucked up with this MMO and walking away. But I feel like Anthem is not in a good situation. Do you think they should make Anthem next? I mean, it's, we've seen it with new IPs and mm. established IPs, to be honest. So like, you know, looking at games like Destiny, yep. you know, looking at No Man's Sky, like those were new IPs that like, you know, mm. took still another year of overhauling and massaging and getting it right and iterating over time, uh, listening to fan feedback, doing content drops and updates to fit a model that worked not only for sustainability and for the, the fans themselves. I think this is probably one of those things where EA probably wishes they could just move on from it. Like, just the way they operate as a publisher, where it's like, hey, let's just fucking drop a release, move on to the next thing. Let's do the annual thing. I mean, it's... they wish it hit to begin with. Yeah, I, no, I'm sure they, they <laughs> fucking wish it was like a, a runaway success and that... They could be working on the sequel right now, but I just, it's its probably one of those things where, yeah, they're looking at it, they're like, we don't want to expend people on this when we could put it towards Mass Effect, whatever that is. Yeah, the new Mass yeah. Effect or, or Dragon, Dragon Age, Age currently, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's got to be a, a tough thing for them to kind of approach it. Do I want to see it get a second life? Like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, I think every game, well, I mean, there's some exceptions. Like, some games are bad. That's just how it is. But I think there are games that definitely do deserve a redemption story and to kind of, you know, have their Phoenix Rising moment and be something better, you know? If if Sean Murray can come back from, like, <laughs> being dragged for a year and kind of, like, going silent, being a hermit, and then coming back with, like, you know, this No Man's Sky kind of, like, evergreen multiplayer experience after the backlash he got for what that game was when it came out then yeah like Hmm. any everybody deserves that kind of second chance like you know they're not committing video game crimes because they had to you know put out a game on frostbite and they worked on it you know in less time than they should have and it did deliver like it had some you know shortcomings and that happens i feel like that happens a lot in video games you know Hmm. i think so one nuance to this as well as you mentioned sean murray Mm -hmm. where a lot of people have alleged, and there even was like investigations about mm-hmm. this, that it was false advertising. Yeah, they advertised a multiplayer feature that wasn't there. Yes, so they lied. I, and, and like, I feel like we always get into this situation where it's like, well, you know, they the developer hoped for the best. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted. They they hoped for the best. They were very ambitious, and just mm-hmm. some things didn't happen. And it's like, well, but also the publisher and the studio and all the marketing didn't 
kind of pivot around the fact mm-hmm. that all oh, these features won't be there mm-hmm. um or they have led you to a certain conclusion over years without you know correcting that course mm-hmm. for instance cd project red yeah. with how they showed off this beautiful game that was going to be the end-all be-all or at least didn't <clears throat> stymie uh the expectation that it was going to be the end-all be-all mm-hmm. of all video games of all time came out disappointed a lot of people well yeah when you're only showcasing it on pc and then you mm-hmm. launch it and it has to run right on, like current well i guess last gen consoles at that point yeah i feel like in those situations i think to one extent it's like well it should be your 100 percent focus to do a make good mm-hmm. for people and i don't mean like oh re recombobulated i do mean like make sure it's workable mm-hmm. make sure that the people that paid for it have an experience that isn't yeah. dog shit right now right yeah. there's a difference between disappointing and like this don't work <laughs> which I think both Avengers and CD Projekt Red got into trouble with with mm. their respective titles, yeah. right? Disappointing and don't work. Yeah, basically. Whereas, and then Anthem is the same thing, like very buggy at launch, yeah. right? Like, Whereas I, I feel like No Man's Sky was a case of like, yes, false advertising and, you know, mm. a, a lie, a, a mispromise at that point of it being this kind of evergreen multiplayer experience where it's like you're going to run into so many people, it's going to be this fucking procedurally generated like space adventure and yeah. it was lacking for a lot of people but by the time he was able to like turn around with his team and get the multiplayer out i feel like you know people are singing a different song about it uh-huh for sure and just because like he maybe pivoted around that too hard and it wasn't a thing at launch yeah should he have not gotten a second chance with that game that's kind of the question right because yeah, it's like, like let, let's be very clear it's like if you're saying it's one thing and it turns out in reality it's not that's that's as good as a lie baby sure you're lying to yeah. people. So do you deserve to have this, like, people come back and be like, yeah, this game's great now. Thanks for everything you did. And kind of forget the fact that, like, you didn't do anything to really, like, stop shooting yourself in the foot, mm-hmm. basically. And I think uh, there's certain companies that do that shit, like Bethesda, mm-hmm. right? Definitely shoot themselves in the foot as soon as they launch and go, oh, well, you know, the brand, mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. And it's like, we... D- that's what makes it tougher to want to give them a second chance. At the end of the day, I'm still invested in like the games I want to be invested yeah. in. Yeah. But it makes it so hard to be like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, have your success story after fucking us over. Yeah. My my <laughs> thing is like, I want to see them try and come back from this. Does it mean I'm gonna like go all in and play it? Probably mm-hmm. not. But like you know, at the end of the day, there's people that like put a lot of time and effort into this game. Well, not as much time as effort as they could have. <laughs> but you know, there there was time yeah. and effort and a lot of love that went into it and it's like if there are people that are still on board and have mm. a vision for it and want to make it happen sure see it happen sure the game wasn't was wasn't what it should have been at launch that's it happens like whatever mm-hmm. they're not war crimes that they're committing they're just <laughs> missteps right like yeah. you know they're byproducts of, of bad production cycles bad mm. pipelining bad management you know yeah just mistake after mistake <laughs> so like how am i going to come down on developers for that mm-hmm. mm. yeah i don't want to come down on the individual developers i just mean uh, overall like who's selling this to me right mm. in that instance in this instance mm. ea is very much a, to blame for not you know course correcting this production throughout right mm. and just mismanagement on different layers as well not yeah. to say that bioware themselves is completely immune just because they're like oh ea told us no no no, no. Mm-hmm. you had people and leaders yeah set in the place i was making mistakes left and right and talking about shit like bioware magic mm-hmm. that's that's bad bueno right yeah, it's like of course. You, you kind of set this course on yourself to get slapped in the face the moment that you had to launch against that date that they placed there mm-hmm. and that's a trust buster mm-hmm. and i don't think it's wrong for people to be more mistrustful about these types of games mm-hmm. going forward and i think one thing that you can really do to fix this is to stops trying to sell it as a $60 finalized product model. Mm -hmm. Because obviously something like Anthem 
can't even be considered finished at launch if it's shitting the bed left mm-hmm. and right. Things like Fallout 76. Mm-hmm. That looks like an unfinished game at launch. Yeah, and the fact that they're still like really, really holding mm-hmm. true to the fact that we're never going to let this base game be free. Yeah. Like, I, I there comes a point after release and after so many disappointments and missteps where it's like, okay, do the thing where the base game is at least free mm-hmm. and then iterate with expansive content or events or whatever you want to do to keep it alive. Like, so many games have had to do that. Fucking right. Destiny had to do that. Like, I think the the barrier of entry should be lowered for these kind of experiences that we know are going to grow over time, right? Mm-hmm. And I think developers and, well, publishers mainly, because they're the ones marketing the game, mm-hmm. need to be honest about the state of these games at launch rather than just fueling this expectation that it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's going to be this great adventure and we have this long tail for it too. And it's like, well, we're not at the long tail. We're at what it is today. And what it is today might be pretty buggy, messy, mm-hmm. shitty fucking deletes itself off of your pc like fallout 76 did yeah and at that point i'm thinking like y'all need to be super honest and just be like this is an early access game we want to we want to launch now we want because we need to start recouping costs on this because games are very expensive Mm. but it's like you can't just be like yeah 60 dollars yeah yeah (laughs) or you can't do the thing that they've been doing where it's like Mm. we're gonna put it in beta for a week and that's it it's like no you need to do something more long term and i know it's harder for like big triple a games to sustain off that in the way that like maybe hades did right where hades was an early access for For a while for a long time to get the right feedback and i think that's the right way yeah yeah i mean it saves you time at this point mm-hmm. where it's like okay you you crunched to a deadline and didn't really get the right testing or feedback in place and then the game yeah. came out and I, I mean anybody could have told you that anthem avengers destiny like they're these collisions of systems that like just needed more time to bake yeah <laughs> and then yeah you hear stories about like with cd project red where it's like everyone at that studio knew what the state of that game was yeah. especially on console and they knew it was coming out anyway. Mm-hmm. And they knew that it needed more time. And I think that's one of those things where it's like, if you have enough really smart, talented people telling you this isn't ready, mm-hmm. be damned what the mm-hmm. investors might want from you, right? Because like the fallout from that is going to be worse than just pushing it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look at what uh, happened with Microsoft in Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. I think they know that they have themselves a little bit of a lemon, right? Or mm-hmm. at least where it was, where yeah. they're like, oh, this can't come out like this, and we can't have another fucking uh, Master Chief Collection situation where we're just like, it's just developer update after developer update mm-hmm. of like, well, we'll get to we'll get to good soon. We will, mm-hmm. right? Nobody wants that anymore. No. I think part of that is delaying or being honest about what it is at launch. Yeah, and I think that the smartest thing they could do, especially Microsoft, with mm-hmm. having one of their that's their main fucking IT. That's their main, that's their like main you got to get that right. You so. got to get you got to get John right, man. You got to do John right. But I'm so. wondering like wh- why it's different for these other companies and it almost feels like Hmm. it's kind of like left brain right brain of like publisher versus developer where publishers like churn burn churn just crank it out whereas like developers might be like well i mean ideally we would push this out six months to a year to get it right you know but we're being told we can't and being told to just make up the railroad as we go as we bring the train on to it oh, for sure and that's that, that from what we're hearing that's the situation so, almost every time management yeah. is like well we have pressures that we got to meet and hell i sure. experienced that in my day today too right where it's like it's, it's just gotta go it's gotta get yeah. out yeah right i think you're gonna get to a lot more trouble in the long term with that because for that short-term gain mm-hmm. and that's what we're seeing and when we come when it comes to like thinking about these games getting a second chance i of course want to see the ideal versions of these titles that mm-hmm. come out and i want the people that 
put their blood, sweat, and tears and time into it mm-hmm. to feel edified by the yeah. product that they're creating, right? I think it's more so about this decision-making process that does get them to trouble, that does result in shitty launches, that does result in all these fucking stories of, like, we told you so's mm-hmm. about it, like, not coming out. Like, we have so many examples, mm-hmm. just the last generation alone, that it's like, you should know better going forward, right? That's that's what it is, because at the end of the day, people are spending money on these things, mm-hmm. and it sucks to like, hey, I spent sixty bucks on a fucking lemon, mm-hmm. and now I'm being told I gotta wait seven more months for this mm-hmm. to be good. That shit sucks. Yeah. Gaming is it's an expensive hobby. Like, not mm-hmm. everybody can be like spending sixty to seventy dollars on a video game like yeah. every few weeks when a game comes out. Some people like are just like, yeah, I'm gonna maybe spend money on a video game once every two months, you know, and that's gonna <laughs> be a thing I'll play. And like for the people who are like that that were super invested in in cyberpunk you know and then to be super let down on it so let down that they hacked them you know like that's kind of a bummer yeah but and and that's got to be a a hard thing for them to to swallow where it's like well shit like i i guess i won't spend my money on video games anymore (laughs) i can imagine from a dev standpoint too like the people like you know on the assembly floor like you know programming and making it Mm. knowing that it's going to be like a poor launch like Mm -hmm. think about the the folks at crystal dynamics Mm -hmm. Like, knowing that this is not going to be well-received at launch and just having to live through that cycle, knowing that you've already dedicated, like, mm-hmm. three to five years of your life on a project, got to suck, too, right? Yeah. Where it's like, if I was one of these employees, not to speak for anybody, I would be like, I really, really, really wish that we just waited, like, six fucking months or whatever amount yeah. of time was needed to get that, like, that launch that people go, yo, <laughs> this is solid, and there's room to grow on, rather than, yo, I f- Captain America fell through the earth 15 <laughs> times, and I'm only fighting Taskmaster every day. <laughs> like, you don't want that combo. No, It no. probably sucks, yeah. So, What do you think an incarnation of Anthem could be that would work because it's like i think when i when i played it yeah. i i had fun with it mm-hmm. and i mean it definitely it suffered from this weird disconnect of like with the stuff you're doing in your overworld hub world versus what you're doing out in the actual open world combat wise flying in your javelin it felt very disparate yeah um and it feels <laughs> like some of those systems might have worked better for like a single player game versus like an open world uh multiplayer experience um mm. and some of it just kind of it didn't gel as well as it could have do they keep that do they just go back to the drawing board and and just keep the (laughs) mechanics and stuff they have in place like what do you think they what do you think could work for anthem i think um this is something that they're probably debating right now where it's like this team of 30 that put together like the ideal vision for how to fix anthem Mm -hmm. um are probably being met with pushback Mm -hmm. from leadership or ea or whoever about like well no 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 no. fix this fix what you have in front of you as much as possible Mm -hmm. where it's like i think they need to do a lot more than well honestly just fixing up quality of life stuff like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fundamental things about the design that doesn't work like you're saying it's very like segmented yeah the whole game's super segmented like especially the how the hub world works where it's like it switches to a first person perspective none of my my friends are actually in that hub world Mm -hmm. at least when i played i don't know how much they've changed but and then like you have these just you're playing an online game and I'm being thrown with like dialogue piece after dialogue mm-hmm. piece, like a, like a normal Bioware game, yeah. but it's like, huh, that's the problem. This is not a normal Bioware game. So the holdovers from Bioware games actually hold it back. Yeah. It doesn't work the way it should. And Me it's kind too. of a bummer. Cause like those character interactions that I was having in, what was it? Fort Tarsus? Tar- yeah. I think is that so. right. Um, Tarsus, yeah, something. Those are cool conversations and interactions. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, there's some neat like world building and stuff happening here. Yeah. 
but I was only really getting it appropriately when I was playing by myself. Uh-huh. And <laughs> it only pretty much exclusively happens in that hub world. Yeah. You go out into the wild and it's just like empty spaces with alien shooting at you. Mm. Okay. You know, like, like it, it felt like it needed a more cohesive kind of thing. And like, I, I looked at games like Division that are like, hey, you have multiple HQs that you can rest at, mm-hmm. right? But you move around this open world rather than like having to always go back to the White House and just like go on missions and shit. And it makes it feel just that choice alone makes you feel like, oh, I'm in this world. Mm -hmm. Also, the shit that they did about like, oh, hey, if somebody in your party like flies off too far, we're going to teleport them. Oh, yeah. The rubber banding. It's just like, (laughs) hey, you're literally saying to the player, here's this play box where you can fly around, but don't go too far. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's like it felt. um, How do you say? it was just restrictive it Mm -hmm. felt like oh okay i can't be the hero they want me to be (laughs) you know or do my shit they need to figure out how to make the goals in such a way where people would want to work together and like Mm -hmm. navigate to it you know what i'm saying or just solve it through agency Mm -hmm. for instance oh shit i lost my team because i flew looking at a waterfall let me open up the map there's my team fast travel to them just like division easy solution why do you have to why do you have to punish me because you don't know how to get me back with my party? <laughs> yeah, right. I I feel like Division got it right because I mean that's just Ubisoft and Supermassive and just kind of having so many open world shooters kind of like under their belt. And granted like, you know, we've had instances of like titles that they put out like I think you said Siege is right, yeah. a game that Rainbow took a Six while Siege. to get as good as it is now. Very tough at launch. So there was a lot of like learnings to happen along the way where it's like mm. Anthem, it's like, well what did BioWare have to really learn from to get to that? Like that was kind of their first outing like that. So, I mean, maybe look at games around you and see what they're doing, right? Like I, these developers have to be playing like other open world you know shooter games like even look at destiny right and look kind of look at that would have been your closest model to be like we could do something similar to this mm-hmm. but i think there was probably some stuff that they didn't want to sacrifice that was kind of like hallmarks for bioware you know yeah i think so because it's like look who you had working on it yeah you know look at their history look at all that shit does it make sense that they're making a games as a service shooter that kind of thing i would like to see the ideal version of anthem uh-huh. like what they thought players would really want to engage with mm-hmm. and I think that is maybe a little far-fetched mm-hmm. for EA to like want to dedicate the resources because there's obviously more built-in excitement for their other IPs yeah. that BioWare works on. But I, I would love, I would love that because like there is something there. That's the heart of this, mm-hmm. right? It's like when I play a game, you can either just be like, "Oh, this is trash," and even if they fix it, it's trash. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to play this. You know, not to be diminishing, but it's like this isn't for me. I'm yeah. going to walk away. But Anthem, you're right. It was fun. It yeah. had fun despite its problems. Fun despite its problems means let's build off of this. So it would be so sad to see it abandoned. I agree with that. Like, it's it's a bummer because it's like the the classes of javelins was really awesome. That sci-fi new world. It's like, oh, they're trying to tell a kind of like an interesting, like, how do I say it? Like, in-media rest story of like, there's a living world and you're kind of being thrown in the middle of this story. Yeah. And there's an urgency to it. And it's like, oh, you're making me care about the stuff that I have no idea of. And you're boarding me onto it in ways that are like very clean and clever it's just i don't know why it didn't hit it's weird it, it, none of it gelled yeah. together that's really a lot yeah. of why it didn't hit for me it was like this doesn't like none of this feels well baked together and a lot of it's really p- repetitive i'm fighting the same like troll things yeah. just like destiny it's like how do you well, how do you look at destiny and just replicate its mistakes <laughs> you know? yeah well then similar right yeah why do we stick with marvel's avengers oh my god because it's marvel for me it's like it's literally i don't there's not Mm. i can play spider-man but that's only gonna get me so far right Mm. i'm not getting all these other characters and stuff and Mm. that it's a really solid solid beat-em-up to begin with 
So And I love beat em ups. Good, I love beat em ups too much. We have good mechanics me. and we have brand loyalty. Yeah. So <laughs> no, yeah. I, I like those characters. I like the gameplay loop, but everything's really boring otherwise. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing it right now, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Even with I'm I'm kinda just waiting for the new shit to come out. Mm-hmm. I mean I love the the Kate Bishop drop. Like I think mm-hmm. she's a, a great character, but it wasn't enough to keep me with it like for another few yeah. months. Because I'm still doing the same stuff with kate that i was the other six avengers yeah that was the sad um, part it's like you you probably made your best character because mm-hmm. she has such a cool suite of moves and is funny and it, it's fun to play as mm-hmm. and i'm still fighting aim robots yeah yeah boring i think the problem with this too is like i feel like there had to that you need a long-term vision for something like this and i feel it feels like they never quite had it unfortunately yeah and i hope they find it and it, if it's one of those things like we we've seen with final fantasy 14 where the base game is still there but the expansive stuff after is like really what you want to be playing through yeah i wouldn't be mad about it right oh mm. cool i gotta just play through 20 hours of the base game awesome and then it's like cool here's anthem next here's the forge here's whatever and it's like okay cool that would be great you know because like i feel like in a lot of these redo situations games of services that like go back and iterate the base game is still there mm. in a way yeah, you know, it's it's still kind of at the heart of it, or worst case, maybe they just give up on it, right? Like, hmm. would that be the worst thing for them to just kind of pack it in at this point, two years in, and just be like, you know what, we're gonna just shelve the project we tried, we're gonna sunset it, we're gonna use these people for these new Bioware projects, which seems like the most likely thing. Yeah. I think it's tough because it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. They'd have to be willing to th- like gamble on this game, essentially. Mm-hmm. Let let's say yes to throwing the resources, fix fix her up. Mm-hmm. And it might still not do well. Yeah. People may not come back to it, you know, just because you did something. And then it's like, how do you make money off of that effort, too? Because yeah. the people that bought the base game, like you and I, mm-hmm. would kind of expect it to be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You're not going to charge me for Anthem Next. You say, like, it's 20 bucks to get nope. Anthem Next. I'd be like, uh, what'd you, <laughs> what? what'd you do for me? <laughs> I was here for you day one, yeah. dude. I gave you your 60. So and it's tough and then it's like you can't like just work on a different game like let's say they go back to the ip like oh here's anthem 2 who the fuck is gonna be excited about that you never fixed the first one (laughs) so it's it's tough it's it seems like it's one of those things where ea would have to take it on a loss Mm -hmm. but to be real frank with you if we're talking about ea specifically and not just generalizing Mm -hmm. they can take it on the chin they can they absolutely could (laughs) And I think they should. Would they take it on the chin without being bitter about it? Without shuddering like a studio or like having some right. sort of repercussions? Because they've been known to do shit like that. Yeah, what's that going to do to Bioware? Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, question. Dead Space 3 didn't quite sell like we wanted it to. So. Goodbye, visceral. Yeah. Now we made you make a fucking Battlefield game. Fucking sucks. <laughs> right. It. I mean, hell, these days it feels like they're making Bioware a contract studio. Like, go after these IP. Do this. Mm. This is what you're doing, you know? But um, I don't know. It's tough. I, I for one, would love to see Anthem come back. I also would love to see publishers um, actually be honest about games as a service games and change mm-hmm. the business model to make sense over time, oh, yeah. right? Like, fucking be like, hey, here's the early access, 20 bucks, or mm-hmm. say, hey, here's a lower be- like entry fee, but we may release content that we feel confident in mm-hmm. over time to start like selling to you in different like increments. And I think that's more appropriate. Like that's basically what final fantasy 14 is. They do enough sales where it feels like it's a lower entry mm-hmm. where it's like 30 bucks for the complete edition, stuff like that. But yeah, but yeah. then you're paying for a subscription. Let's not, that's let's never too. forget the fact that's that you're paying too. for a subscription for final fantasy 14. Yeah. So, so they need to have constant like inflow mm-hmm. of content and shit like that. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing. Cause I feel like uh smaller studios or, 
companies that are trying their hand in, in gaming in ways that maybe they haven't, like looking at like Epic, looking at, you know, Soth games with um, Among Us, looking at like all or Inner Sloth with Among Us, like having these like smaller experiences that it's like, okay, we're going to make it free and then we'll build on it over time. Yeah. Cause it's like, well, we got really nothing to lose. And a lot of times it's just like, here's a passion project for a really cool idea. Right. <laughs> Look at fucking, what's it called? Look at Apex Legends, right? Where it's like, Apex that was a, a free battle royale that dropped around the same time that Anthem did. And it's still got so much energy and gusto to it. Yep. Yeah, so. Yep. It did. Yeah. I, I, I prefer just a different lens on these games. I just, for me again, like I say, it just doesn't feel honest saying, Sixty dollars for this. I understand that oh, it's yeah. a huge investment, but like you need to think how in different ways to recoup that, right? Mm-hmm. Like even if you riddled a game that cost me twenty dollars with like microtransactions that I don't need to engage with. Why? Mm-hmm. By the way, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be as mad, right? But like around that, for some reason, it's just like this. It's reinforced in my head where it's like if I paid like the full price, you don't get the piecemeal of this experience. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, you don't get the piecemeal of the quality of an experience yeah. too, saying, uh, we'll fix that eventually. Uh, we'll, we'll, we, we got a game plan, a roadmap for six months of fixes. Like that doesn't. I'm, I'm really tired, tired of, of roadmaps. Like, yeah. and just being promised something. It's it. like, I long gone are the days <laughs> of like when you can get a game that it's going to be out of the box and that's what it's going to be, you mm. know? <laughs> Because yeah. that's what it had to be back in the day, where it's like now people feel like, well, we got a lot of wiggle room here because it's like, oh, we can just update or change it or yeah. add expansions. Hell, that's... back in the day, you'd even get a, a RAM pack out yeah. of the box. Damn, Donkey Kong 64, what a fucking classic. <laughs> game worked, game was perfect. Exactly. Game was perfect. Uh, well, I mean, we'll see. Yep. It's, it's one of those things where Anthem, I feel like, unfortunately, might have missed their window to the point where I don't think people are going to care about it. And it's a bummer. But maybe it'll be one of those things where maybe they'll have that that perfect content suite, and maybe they drop it for free, or maybe it's five dollars, and then people uh, go back to them like, wait, Anthem's actually really good. Kind of mm-hmm. how like was for us with Star Wars Battlefront Two, where it's like that launch was totally marred by EA fuckery. Yeah, we look back on it and we're like, okay, yeah, I don't really want to do anything with that. And then when we played it, like in what 2019, 20 early twenty twenty, whatever it was, mm-hmm. like oh shit, Battlefront Two is really good. Yeah, you know? it was actually, like, oh shit, yeah, this is really fun. There's a lot of content here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and like having these battle-scarred, like early adopters be like, it wasn't always like yeah. that. The universe was a dark place. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry. We um, got roadmap PTSD. I have a yellow lightsaber as Ray. Yay! Yeah. They go, Ray! <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 rough. It's like, uh At the same time, it's like as a consumer, it's like, because I've had my trust tried so many mm-hmm. times i'm gonna be less likely to want to join the launch zeitgeist of these titles yeah. i'm gonna be like eh give that some fucking time and see if it becomes like actually serviceable you yeah know? so i mean i feel like that could be said for a lot of games but specifically oh. for this game of service model where yeah it's like, don't buy into pre-order hype don't buy a game on launch like just wait it's okay right. to wait for a game and it's especially okay to wait for these multiplayer games that aren't done when they come out and maybe run a few more fucking betas yeah. for these types of projects as well to really make sure you know what you got on your hands you know there's just it's just I mean, that's what i'm saying th- thinking of the fact that like avengers <laughs> did a beta and then like they launched that game a week later and it's just, like, a week Whoa. oh my god the stupidest thing i've ever heard and then it took them how long to get like a massive patch out was it like a month to get that like thousand update um, bug patch out that first one did yeah. take like it was the end of what october before mm-hmm. they finally got it out and i was like oh hey the game doesn't shit itself every time i turn it on yeah now. yay <laughs> now like i'm not a developer i don't logistically what? know how a lot of the shit works i know it's 
unbelievable, right? But, this podcast is called Outside Gaming. There we go. But the the thought that maybe like you run a beta for a month or two, and then maybe you don't push that game out, certify it gold or whatever, until you have that first update patch. Yeah. that That's just me. That's that's a thought. Yeah, that was one thing. Remember with uh, Cyberpunk, um, the game had already gone gold, and they were still working on <laughs> like bug fixes after the yeah. fact. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah. They can't keep on getting away with this. They can't. Daniel. But anyway. they're going to keep trying. You know what I? You know what game that I do appreciate that's doing the thing exactly what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Valheim mm-hmm. on PC. It's on Steam right now. $20, early access. But yeah. people are enjoying the fuck out of it because there's enough of a robust experience to see there. And people are saying like, oh yeah, I could see this growing into something really mm-hmm. big and awesome. Good thing it's only like 20 bucks to get into right yeah. now. I want to see more of that shit. I think Fallout 76 wouldn't have been dragged through the mud for like eight months straight mm. if it had just been like, hey, we're going to do a like a extended early access for this, dudes. I, I'm 100% on board with you. Like, I'm yeah. me, I'm seeing eye to eye with you there, man. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like the thing is, it's just like, it's this IP with Bethesda. It's not right. like a new They wouldn't studio. have. Exactly. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they're just going to try and put out whatever they can for $60 or more because it's like, oh, brand loyalty. Oh, we're Bethesda. We can do this. Same with EA. <laughs> Same with all these other companies. Yeah, that's Same true. CD Projekt Red, and it's just, it's a bummer. Whereas, like, uh, Valheim can come out of nowhere. I don't even know who, is that Epic? Like, who's doing that? Valheim? No, yeah. uh, I don't even know the name of the studio. Exactly. Smaller I'm going to look that up real quick, because, like, that's yeah. just, I don't even know who that came from. So, I, I mean, it's awesome to have this kind of uh, faith of, like... Yeah, there, there's always going to be this degree of, like, Bethesda's not going to let Fallout out there... For anything less than what they value it as, for I, sure. Iron Gate AB. Yeah. I don't know who that is, so... Yeah, it's an indie dev. But, I mean, that's awesome that they're able to do that and kind of test it out and mm. give people a low barrier of entry for it, so... And there's a lot of love already in this early access period. People yeah. are writing about it going, oh, have mm. you heard of this experience? Da, 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 mm. You know? What would, as a developer, what would you prefer? No matter your size, what would you prefer? That people get a hold of your game and write beloved articles on it? Mm-hmm. Or say, yo, this is not finished for like three months straight. It's, I mean, they had the advantage of, of it kind yeah. of coming out of left field, like almost being shadow drop, kind of like Apex was. Yeah. Versus these games that have these kind of bubble hype cycles of like, ah, mm. uh, yeah, we're going to do this fucking like marketing blitz for Anthem over months and years. And it's going to be this big showcase at our Bioware thing at E3 and you're going to fucking love it. And then when it gets on our hands, it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> hype it up when it's time to be hyped up is the thing. Then it is, then it is personal responsibility Yeah, for us to say, Ooh, it's one of those big AAA developers saying that this is going to be this great, expansive 10-year experience, and they want $60 at launch. <laughs> I'm going to wait. And maybe that's the answer. And maybe that... I think that's actually the only thing that's going to change uh, their their mm. thought process on it, right? Because, like, <laughs> fucking Bethesda, like you said, they were always going to sell that for $60 because it's mm. Fallout. They don't yeah. give a shit if it's, a, like, a fucking garbage fire. Yeah. <laughs> and the f- crazy thing about that is, like, it's not going to be a Bioware situation where... I mean, it might be similar, actually. It might be similar to Bioware in that, like, they could totally just walk away from 76 and be like, here's Fallout 5, and people be like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah and, then, and they're going to buy it without any hesitation. And then Sunset 76. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much like people are going to do with the next Mass Effect and Dragon Age, so. Right. We'll see. I don't know. Cycles. It's, it's a complicated conversation, but it's just, I don't know, I'm tired of seeing consumers get burned, and I'm tired of seeing developers getting burnt out on things that just mm. aren't panning out the way they should. Yeah. Yep, it just highlights fucking video game development's really fucked. Mm. Really hard, really difficult. 
Companies like Amazon and uh, Google haven't been able to crack it because they're like, well, it's crazy. Yeah. Fucking five years with 500 person teams to like not make money. <laughs> That's insane. No, we can't do that. We got to put out a game every year. And the release is a gamble. Yeah. <laughs> like people are, might like fucking treat it like a pack of wolves and tear it apart. Battleborn style. Yeah. Oh my God. That's the hard thing of like knowing if it's actually going to yeah. come out and hit because like so much stuff is like time and place with that. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like Evolve wasn't a shitty game when it launched. Just people didn't want it. It didn't hit. Yeah. Could you imagine mm-hmm. spending millions of dollars on a thing that doesn't hit on that scale? No wonder these tech companies are like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared of this field because it's, yeah, AAA development is unsustainable, unwieldy, mm-hmm. and, well, it's a capricious god. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Oh, well. Kudos to the ones that actually make something worthwhile when it yeah. comes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, kudos to any dev that goes through this and puts out a game because it's it's hard work. It's shit that I don't know how to do. And then to have to take public heat for a thing, if it, it still is perfect, but like there's things that people don't like about it. Like yeah. uh, devs have thick skin. I'll give them that. Oh, you, yeah, yeah <laughs> apparently. God damn. Yeah. Well, you want to go play in the snow? Kind of want to go play in the snow. Go play in the snow in the dark. Let's get flashlights and Ooh. scream. Go, oh, I'm a Yeti. Oh, no. I'm the Washington Yeti. Uh, from where I'm from, it's a skunk ape, sir. Oh. Back in the Florida swamps, <laughs> skunk ape is there for you. Have you ever seen a skunk ape or many. Kind of a, a crypto zoological sighting? I, I've i seen many skunk mm-hmm. apes in my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all share one characteristic. A big bushy beard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, let's let's take this one home. Thank you guys for listening. Um, you can find us over on Twitter if you didn't know at Save Room Show. Give this us some love. Save Room Show. Give us your latest review on our on our podcast as well. Um, we we got some great feedback from a one uh, Steve three. Uh, oh, Steve on our, three on our last podcast, and he he was musing on a lot of great questions about like us mm. and what we are. He's yeah. like, and like it felt like in the span of like five minutes, he's like, huh, these guys make me laugh. <laughs> are they gay? But are they gay? But are they gay? No, the the butt is important. (laughs) (laughs) But are they gay? So if you have some musings to throw away, just add us. I I hope Steve is feeling something new. It's like, how could the gays make me laugh? Yeah. (laughs) Steve, if if you made it through that last episode and you're here right now, this episode's for you. This is for you, Steve. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Remember to save your games. Good night. Bye. Bye.